Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And here we are at episode 43 of the RV Navigator. Can you believe it? And once again, we're talking to you from home, um, contemplating a trip in the very near future. This month has been spent... uh, prepping the RV for many exciting adventures to come, and we'd like to share some things with you. First of all, uh, I guess I have to talk about some of the downloading problems that uh, many of you have had, and this seems to be a very sporadic problem, so that uh, if it doesn't apply to you, then, well, you know, you do want to listen, because... It may apply to you next month. Yeah, it seems that uh, there is a problem with iTunes in that some of you find that the RV Navigator podcast suddenly disappears and is not uh, downloadable. And you have uh, nicely sent me many emails. Unfortunately, I have almost no contact with iTunes, and I have no way of fixing these connections, although I have done a fair amount of research trying to get it fixed or trying to find a solution to the problem. So let me just uh, explain to you what I've done and what I can uh, help you with. Um, If you suddenly find that you can no longer download the RV Navigator podcast, or frankly any podcast in iTunes, then, of course, an alternative is to go to the RV Navigator website where every month, uh, about the first of the month, I post the latest episode. Some of you have been worried that we have uh, has a problem and, and couldn't uh, do the podcast, but that, in fact, is not the issue. It's just that uh, the connection with iTunes is somehow lost, and it's just lost for some people. We did have a lot of downloads, well over a 1,000 last month, so most people downloaded it fine. But uh, a few of you, it shows up that uh, you can that the RV Navigator is not there. Uh, one of the things that I found as a fix, and this is very strange, <laughs> but it, I'm telling you this uh, for future reference in case you're listening to this and in the future you have a problem, and that is... If you first open the rvnavigator.com website in your browser, uh, Internet Explorer, and then you go to iTunes, open iTunes and uh, refresh your podcasts, and suddenly it appears and works fine. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. But I've had that solution work on my computer, and the several emails that I've received, uh, it seems to work for virtually everybody who have had problems. It is not a permanent solution because the next time you try to download something, it still isn't there, but it does seem to solve the problem temporarily. So please, dear listeners, don't abandon us, and we are not abandoning you in any sense of the word, but we are uh, a little frustrated by this uh, strange problem. And there's no one at iTunes that can help you or There's no email you customer or? service. I've gone on their message boards and tried to find a solution. I've left emails and things, but nobody seems to have a, a solution to the 8006 problem. It's 8006 is the message that you get. Does that mean they've had 8005 previous problems? That there are that many errors, undoubtedly. Oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't have any way to fix iTunes problems. I'm 
having a tough enough time problem just making the website work. Well, another thing that uh, we've neglected to talk about last week, but I think it's pretty exciting, frankly, and that's <laughs> the fixing of the windshield chips. We unfortunately, as we were driving across uh, the great western plains of the United States, we got a chip in the windshield, a crack. Well, we just got a little hole, and it didn't go all the way through. No, but, no, of course not. But, but they never RV do. windshields it would be very are hard to very expensive and difficult oh. to replace. And, and here we had this. Chip. And we've talked to people who've gotten them replaced, and then the seal isn't quite right, yeah, and it whistles just... and it leaks and. And one of the things you want to do is you don't want to have the hole uh, be exposed to the elements because that then will cause further cracking, not because of freezing, but just because water gets in there and it starts to spread the crack. So I was kind of upset about this, and so the very day that it happened, we were near a Walmart, and uh, but not near much else, and so we went down to the Walmart, and yes, they have a windshield repair kit, and it was only 5 or $6.00 a very reasonable price <laughs> and we took it home and followed the directions it's got this kind of spider arm suction cup device on it and you put this little liquid in the middle and you squeeze it into the hole and let it dry and put this plastic stuff over it like a tape like a tape but what was the real miracle is is that when we removed all of this stuff all of the apparatus the hole was gone we couldn't even see Could where it was anymore. Couldn't even see where it was. So this was an amazing fix for us. Uh, being on the road, you know, you don't want to have to go to a, a repair facility and, you know, fix to get it fixed, although we would have, of course. And you certainly don't want to have to replace the windshield. <laughs> that and and the kit was what, $6 or five something? Five or $6, dollars. Yeah. yeah. It was really inexpensive. And it took us just 45 minutes or so to, to affect the repair. Okay, so we leave the campground and... I threw away the kit because I said, well, this isn't going to happen again. We've driven all these miles and had no problems. Driving down the road, chunk. Another little hole. Two little holes. Another little hole. Go to Walmart. Buy another kit. <laughs> so we have extensive and we, experience. And we fix these holes in only half an hour because we're much better at it now. <laughs> Maybe we should hire out. <laughs> So if you need, well, I guess the bottom line here is is that if you do get a chip in your windshield, one is they everybody says that you better fix it right, right away, away before anything gets in there that would cause it to spread because the, the spider crack will spread if you don't get something in there to stabilize it. Two is that there is a very simple solution besides replacing the windshield, and that is to go to your Walmart or I suppose any auto parts store and get a kit for very little money that will actually do the job just as it says it will. A pretty amazing process to me. I never thought you could fix a windshield so that you couldn't see a chip in it. That's probably the same stuff those guys use when they meet you in the parking lot and oh, fix yeah, your yeah. car uh, windshield on the but spot. But they charge you bucks and you have to make a reservation or you know make an appointment and you have to get get it done. So this is just... Better to do it yourself. Well, and do a, a, a decent job because now you really cannot see... The spots. I mean, we know where they are, and you could, you, you might, if you were to look very carefully, you might see it. We do get nice emails, and Debbie was very nice uh, to send us an email this month posing a very perplexing question, which has caused us a fair amount of discussion. She basically says, after a few comments, uh, what are your top 10 most favorite services, amenities, and surprises you found in RV parks in your travels? And what are the most unused additions 
most unused services and the silliest things and the scariest things you've seen in an RV park. If destination was taken from the equation and you could design the perfect RV park, what would it look like? <laughs> well, yeah. at this stage of the game, uh, now that we have this 40-foot motorhome behemoth, um, certainly space is probably my number one priority and i'm talking about space to drive to the campsite and then space at the campsite you don't want to have to jostle around before you get your slides out and you don't want your rear end or your front end hanging out into the street and certainly many older campgrounds were built before behemoths such as ours uh, were popular and we sometimes feel very constrained so there's nothing i like better than to come to a campground that's spacious that has greenery, but not near where I'm going to be, and an open sky and for then, the and, satellite dish. And the connections are nicely laid out so that they match our input connections. And she says, take destination out of the equation, but that's impossible because there's nothing like sitting on your lawn chairs next to your RV and overlooking a beautiful scene, as we did in... Uh, in West Yellowstone. I mean, you know, there's just no comparison to that. So uh, we have to say destination, 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 or location, location, location is probably the number one factor that drives us to go to a particular campground and, frankly, to make compromises because we have often taken a lesser campground for good location. You know, we like to have a table. And one of the things that, that doesn't happen in many campgrounds is you don't get a table and a fire ring and we love nice, campfires. nice camping facilities. We're willing to give up a lot for that. And I think what prompted Debbie's email is the fact that there's an entertainment complex being built close to where she lives that's going to include an RV park, that, and they plan to charge $45 a night for the spot. And she thought in southeastern Alabama that seemed a bit high to her. Um, unless it had a lot of swanky extras like the end suite sites that we saw in Australia, but which you might recall were little separate buildings that had on each site bathroom facilities yes. for for every campus which we've never seen in the United States. But I would say, depending on the entertainment complex and and what's going on there, um, certainly we've been charged prices like that before, oh, which we were willing to pay because we wanted to be near that place to do whatever it was they were doing there then then again when we've gone to texas which we'll be doing again this winter we've stayed in a very nice campground for less than 20 dollars a night with great web, great sites and lots of amenities that are oriented towards older folks like us you know even square dancing and a wood shop and lavatory and all horses and all sorts of activities that are oriented towards us. The thing we don't really use very much of, and this would be because we don't have a family, would be the game room and the playground and the store and many things like like that. But I would certainly not say that campgrounds shouldn't have those things. But when we're choosing a campground. We would probably stay at a campground that didn't have those things because probably it would be cheaper, and we're not going to make use of them anyway. One of the things that's scariest to me as a trend are the crazy rules, and I think we talked about this in one of our earlier podcasts, the crazy rules that many of the campsites have set up. And there was a podcast that I was listening to the other day about RVing, and uh, he mentioned that one of the rules that they really hate was having to leave the campground by 11 a.m. and that the owner had come around to their site at, at 10:45 and reminded them that they had to leave by 11. And that's just 
cruel petty, and unusual petty. well cruel and unusual punishment and these campgrounds that just have rules just to have rules just don't make sense like the rule that you can't have any thing that extends above your rv more than five feet that we were we talked about in flagstaff it's just i think the campground owners get kind of rule happy and they care more about the campground than they do about their customers the rvers um debbie also asked about unused additions (laughs) and we've stayed in a few army corps of engineer campgrounds which we've raved about that have a feature that took us a while to figure out if indeed we have figured it out. Each site has a tall pole, maybe 12 feet high, with a hook hanging off of it. And we thought, what the heck is that? (laughs) And um, we've decided that it must be a place to hang out, like a Coleman lantern, so it's up nice and high and illuminates your whole site, which is a nice thing, but certainly Nobody knows what it is. (laughs) Not something that you see very often. And really memorable campgrounds, in my mind, are, are some that have had a special feature to them. Uh, perhaps this resort near Debbie's is going to have a special feature in, in the resort. Uh, we stayed at a campground we loved in Georgia that was on a 27-hole golf course. It was dirt cheap, and with our campsite, we got a golf cart included, and we were able to play all the golf we wanted and go back and forth from our site to the, to the golf course in our um, golf well, cart. A golf cart. And it was so convenient and so fun. And another campground that is memorable to me, although we didn't take advantage of it, was in north central Florida, which was part of a a folk music amphitheater complex. And Mm -hmm. I could easily imagine that on uh, weekends when people were performing there that this huge campground must be chock-a-block because um, the music facilities there were so wonderful. So some campgrounds, Walt Disney World campground is, is the most obvious example, have some special features that you would gladly pay extra for because you want to be there doing those things. I think one of the things that's most critical and it really speaks to Debbie's comment here is is that you know in advance what you're paying the 45 bucks for. And we don't well, we do mind paying $45, but we have paid $45 because we felt the amenities fit our needs at, the, at that particular time. It's these campgrounds that you drive in and they say, oh, no, the campground book is wrong. We're now charging not 25 but $45. And you just go, whoa, what happened? Honesty and description and uh, a fair evaluation of what, the, of what the campground is worth because some sites, some places we've been at and the they charge you big bucks and you just say, what did I get for that? And, and I would say that's one of the reasons overall we don't stay at KOAs very much mm-hmm. because they are quite pricey. And they do indeed have beautiful bathroom facilities. And when we were still tent campers, we would occasionally treat ourselves to a KOA for that reason. But um, now that we we travel with our own plumbing, it, the, the value just is not there for us at KOAs. So I guess the bottom line is is that uh, everybody needs to make these choices for themselves, and we can't really speak to this, but we would really like to hear from you and uh, the amenities uh, in answering Debbie's questions that make the most sense to you. Oh, I remember another good one. When we were in Maine, uh, the campground had a huge lobster (laughs) tank where they had fresh lobsters. And we went in the morning and picked up the two we wanted to eat. And they prepared a baked potato and a cob of corn. And you could either eat it there in the campground office or take it back to your rig. That wasn't free, but it was a perk. But it was very nice. And we really appreciated it. And I'd stay there again. heard about that in previous podcasts. Okay. So we will move on um, into some RVing news. 
We didn't know that uh, one of our Supreme Court justices is an RVer. Clarence Thomas actually owns, I found out he owns a Prevo. Well, uh, that figure. <laughs> bus. But he stays at Walmart. But he stays at Walmart. <laughs> I wouldn't have expected that. <laughs> there he goes. Our Supreme Court justices don't spend money unwisely. <laughs> Why would you spend money? And his Prevost was a used RV. Yeah. A Prevo. 1999 model, so... Well, anyway, they have a nice interview with his wife on the NPR website, which I'm going to provide a link to. Um, and it's just very interesting that uh, RVing has, reaches the very top uh, level of our government. And it sounds like the Thomases like to travel incognito. So if you're ever at Walmart and you, know, you see Clarence, don't say hi. Well, she said that uh, in the interview that he gets uh, recognized about a third of the time. And that when they get recognized, they usually move on. <laughs> it's because it becomes too much of a hassle, and I certainly could understand that. We are also pleased to announce that uh, there is a new state park campground. Now, you don't find many new state park campgrounds, and this one is located in Wisconsin. And it's nice to see that states are still investing in their state parks, unlike California, which is about to close 100 of its state parks due to budgetary considerations. The Natural Resources Department in in Wisconsin is opening a 73-site campground in Harrington Beach State Park, uh, which is located along Lake Michigan. And if those of you who uh, camp in in Wisconsin, you know that they have some very nice uh, state parks and we're anxious to try out, and we just might do that in the next month, the Harrington Beach State Park campground. That's nice to see in these kind of down times. We also want to alert you to the Go Camping RV Survey. Uh, Your input is needed. Uh, Go Camping is the the advertising arm of the RV industry, and I'm going to put a link on their on our website so that you can go take their survey. They're asking about uh, your plans, both purchasing and traveling in your RV in the next year, and they would like to have some input. So if you have just a minute, go click on their website and uh, fill out the survey. We also have some good news from Elkhart these days. Uh, I've been very pessimistic in the news, but uh, actually things are maybe bottoming out and and turning around. The Dutchman Company has hired 50 new workers, and uh, Monaco has just signed up 100 dealers. Uh, We were afraid that they were going out of business, but Navistar has saved them, and they're back in production. Also, um, Country Coach in Washington has sold an RV to (laughs) China, to a private individual, a rock star in China, and it's being shipped off. Where is he going to go? Well, he's going to be self-contained, that's for sure. Are there any Walmarts in China? (laughs) I think there are Walmarts everywhere. (laughs) And uh, Fleetwood has moved its headquarters to Indiana. All of these are very positive signs, and we can hope that that it continues on into the into the future so that uh, the RV industry turns around and we'll have lots of new stuff to buy. And now, our favorite part of the show. Time to yawn? <laughs> the RV tech. Well, you know, one of the things that I was in preparation for getting our RV ready to go on, on our trip here, I was checking our safety alarms. You know, you have a smoke alarm, which is like the one in your house, and you have an LP gas alarm, and you have a carbon monoxide alarm. The latter two are 12 volts, so they're probably unique to the RV. And I was checking out our 
LP gas one, which you don't have at your home, and ooh, it didn't work. And I was very surprised. But after five years or six years, I guess maybe they die. And so uh, it's time for you to check yours, too. You know, put a battery into the smoke alarm and be sure that the other alarms, and these are required to have, so you know you have them, uh, you know, check to see if they're working. The other two are located near the floor. The smoke alarm is at the is up high on the ceiling, and the other two are near the floor someplace, And which is why I didn't see it very often. Frankly, I didn't even know where it was, and I read an article telling me what I'm telling you, and so I checked it out and found out that I was not uh, very safe and that we don't want to die from LP gas and inhalation. Do we? Well, not just that, but it could explode if it's because it sinks down to the floor, That's right? The issue, and you wouldn't yeah. even know it was there. Yeah. So, but but if the alarm goes off and we're not there, it doesn't make any difference. It's still going to explode. Well, at least we won't be there. <laughs> at least, well, we will know to open the windows, I guess. Another very interesting thing that I just bought and have not installed yet because it just came yesterday is in addition to my Batwing antenna. Now, we all have the crank-up Batwing antennas, and maybe some of the newer RVs have electric ones, but they're still Batwings. With the change to HDTV, many of the stations have actually switched from the old VHF channels, which are 2 through 13, to UHF channels. <laughs> now, you you don't know this because it still says channel 5 or channel 4 or channel 8 or whatever it is that you ordinarily pick up but they no longer broadcast on those channels because when they switched to high definition they were allotted new frequencies and the FCC was clearing off the VHF band basically so that it could be resold to other people for other purposes like high speed internet well this means that there are many many more channels uh, using the UHF UHF kind of was a was a little brother to the VHF channels. So that's channels um, 14 through 83. But you don't, you don't know the, what the channel that your digital signal is coming in on. But what WineGuard has done is they have this new little addition which improves dramatically the sensitivity of the antenna to the UHF channels. And this is something that anybody can install, and it's actually halfway reasonably priced. For less than $50, you buy this little gizmo, which attaches to the Batwing antenna, has no electrical connection. Hmm, how does that work? Well, it's a like a reflector for UHF. And it attaches to the Batwings, and it's called the Wingmaster, and it improves the signal, they say, by 50%. We'll try to give you a full report next month, but I know that you'd want a heads up on this because you'd like to get it installed very soon. I wonder if it will make cranking it up and down harder. <clears throat> yeah, it might make it more sensitive to the wind. Yeah. But I don't think it'll make it cranking up and down. I mean, it weighs, just I've had it in my hand, and it weighs for almost nothing because it's... Mostly plastic and light metal, but not to have any connection. So you just go up there and kind of snap it on is the way I understand it's going to work. And I've been going to the to the WineGuard website and looking around at these things. And WineGuard has some nice videos um, about high-definition TV, about their antennas, and things that you can do to improve your signal with your TV. 
So the bottom line is, if you are watching the new, well, of course you are because the analog stations are gone, but if you're watching digital TV, you want the best possible signal, and to get the best possible signal with your old antenna, maybe you should buy this little addition. I think they're going to be very popular in the not-too-distant future. They also have this new satellite dish. It's portable. You pick it up and you set it down on the ground next to your RV, and it automatically finds the satellites. For those of us who have problems with uh, <laughs> setting up the antenna and locating the satellites. Uh, this, you just go set it out and on the ground. And another cool thing that I found was the RV Pillow. RVPillow.com. That's P-I-L-L-O. R-V-P-I-L-L-O.com. And we talk about levelers, and you know from listening to our podcast that we've had trouble with our HWH jacks and leveling our RV. Well, this is a cool thing because you put it down on the ground. It's basically, I think, for travel trailers or for our fifth wheels. You put it onto the ground. You drive your RV onto it, and then you use what they said is any standard uh, air pump, a uh, 12-volt battery-operated pump, and you pump up the RV so that it is level. Whoa. Is the pillow huge then? Well, is it's it not heavy? huge, huge. It, it goes be... underneath the wheels. Well, it has to be. <coughs> but so it's... you have four pillows. No, you just need the pillows probably on one side. Where you're unbalanced. Where you're unbalanced. And especially with fifth wheelers and with travel trailers, it's tough to level side to side. Right. It's easy to level front to back, but not side to side. And so this, you just put it under the low side, and you pump it up until it's level. And it looks very easy to use. And they say, the the advertisement says that it's, uh, it's very indestructible. Will somebody please buy this and tell me how it works? <laughs> Sounds cool. And the pictures are exactly that. It looks like a pillow that you put underneath and blow it up. I'm not that big of a fanatic about leveling. You know, you tell me that sometimes the fridge would run better if it was level, but most of the time I don't care. I mean, I don't fall out of the bed. So we spend all that money on the HWH jacks. Exactly. Exactly. You don't like just being able to push a button and go else. Well, right now I'm paranoid about them. We also want to let you know about the website of the month. And this month it's RVZen. Is that how you'd pronounce that? RVZen? That makes me think it's yoga and meditation. <laughs> That's what I thought too, but I think it's RVZen. Okay. RVZen. Okay, what is it? It is a website that connects buyers and sellers. Um, you know, it's these days it's uh, nice to see people buying and selling RVs because that means that there's a movement in the market. Um, I actually went on the site and, and checked out similar models to ours and found out that it hasn't dropped that much in price. Which well, is that's nice to know. <laughs> since we bought it, or at least the prices that were being asked for. Do you pay to on be the, on there? Maybe as a seller, I don't know. But uh, as a buyer, no. Because when we sold our last fifth wheel on the web, you I paid. went to a site that unites buyers and sellers and you paid for an ad. Then how is this one different? It just is new. Okay. We like new. Okay. It's new and exciting. All right. So that takes care of all of the technical details of uh, the month in review on the RV website. And now we are lucky, as uh, we often are, to have interviewed uh, two of our listeners. For an encore performance. For an encore performance. Uh, you'll remember Jeff and Ellen. We met them in Cape Cod, and they were about to embark on 
the RVing lifestyle. They were about to become full-timers, and now they've actually been full-timers and sold their house during the worst of the economy. As you'll hear. And have hit the road. Ellen and Jeff, who you've heard from before, uh, I believe they lived in in Cape Cod, right? Right. (laughs) It seems like so many miles ago. And Ellen and Jeff were just about to become full-timers as they were trying to sell their house. We're interested to hear the follow-up of what's going on with the house. When we met you in uh, September and were last interviewed, we had a buyer for a house and had signed a contract. <laughs> but unfortunately, the, there was a complete meltdown of the economy and they lost their Wall Street job. So Ooh. that fell through. Uh, then there was a very slow winter for house selling. But then we did actually sell the house and it closed on April 17th. So uh. since April 17th, we've been official full-timers. The house was sold. Yes. And you hit the road. It must have been kind of scary to, to start off. No, exciting. Exciting. Okay, good. <laughs> and uh, we started um, first for almost like a vacation rather than a real full-time uh-huh, thing. Uh-huh, and we uh-huh. went down to the Gulf of Mexico, visited some friends, mm-hmm. and um, that was really nice. Just So has it been what you expected? Uh, it's been what we've expected in that we really like it several times a week even either in the evening or in the morning when we're in the RV and it just seems so great to be in it I'll I'll say to Jeff don't you just love this being in the RV and what's he say (laughs) Uh, yeah I do I do I do I I really do it's uh it has it has been um, there hasn't been any really big surprises Uh as far uh as what we expected and since we had already been, we'd already had the RV and had been using yeah, it yeah, for helped. a year, mm-hmm. by the time we went full-time, uh, there weren't any surprises there. You know, we'd shaken, down, shaken it all down and had figured out what we needed and what we wanted to do uh-huh. and everything. So we were pretty much set. Uh, the only thing was that the final clean-out of the house ended up putting more stuff in the RV than we had intended initially. So we had to do some rethinking of... What things needed to go to storage? Uh, so you have and a storage locker someplace. We have a storage yeah. locker in Massachusetts. Yeah, that that. Uh, so we had to re- <laughs> we had to rethink that a little bit. And our uh, RV is only twenty nine feet, it's, right. so it's kind of well, small. Well, that's that's a question I wanted to ask. Right, it's kind of small compared to the our the class A's that a lot of full timers use. Um, we like that because we've gotten into uh-huh. some small campgrounds uh-huh. and small sites we wouldn't have been mm-hmm. able to otherwise and uh, so you don't have to have a giant 40-foot rv to in order to be full-timing right but and you don't miss all the stuff that was in your house i mean that's one of the things that's kind of held us back i think um, no, not no. really a lot of the a lot of the stuff that was in our house was either in the attic or in the basement or in one of the <laughs> spare bedrooms and was stuff that we didn't see much anyway uh-huh. so you know if you if you break it all down to the uh-huh. stuff that you use on a daily uh-huh, basis uh-huh. it all fits pretty easily uh, we we do even use, as a twenty nine footer. Yeah, we do right. use our storage to its fullest. Yeah, I would think so. Um, and we're still and, learning how to do that. And uh, we do have some overflow into the car. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. But right. that's who cares. And then and uh, picking out which hobbies and crafts to come along. I think that's oh, a little yeah, bit different yeah, than yeah. if you're just using your RV for weekends. And so what'd you bring? Well, I do. I did get a smaller sewing machine, uh-huh. and I have that. And um, I pared down the scrapbooking supplies mm-hmm. and 
and which Jeff, you could do digitally anyway. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> right. And, and I've, Jeff, I've got I've got my all my tool. I've got a lot of my tools and uh, a bunch of electronic hobby stuff, uh -huh. and uh, I've got my Sudoku books and my computer. So so overall, it's been a better, positive experience. Yes. Oh yeah, very much. How many miles have you put on it? Uh, it's uh, it's just about to turn over seventeen thousand. Wow! So that's in about. Um, well, that's we, about sixteen months. I right, guess. we've had it. Yeah. And, and you bought a Newmar. Newmar. Yeah, we got uh, a Newmar base star. Base star and are you happy their, with their it? Entry, a, that's their entry level, and yeah, yeah, we're happy with it. Gas. It's, it's mm -hmm. performed well. Yeah, it's a gas front engine. Um, we just had uh, we just had new shocks and um, a couple of sway a couple of new sway bars put on it uh, to help the ride a little bit. Uh -huh. And just the ride here from uh, from Elkhart, where we had been last, uh, we did notice a difference, uh -huh. and it did. It was, so you kind of customized it a little, it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and one of the reasons that we needed to do that is the roads in this country are not in that great of shape. That's yeah. actually been pretty revealing. We drove. We've taken a lot of driving vacations, not so many for mm -hmm. the past. Five, well, on the RV rides, five years, too, but I, I do think that. Over the last yeah. decade, the roads have really degraded, yeah, yeah. and um, maybe some of that's getting fixed nowadays because we see lots of construction going on. But um, but the roads are a little bit rougher, and yeah. so we had to beef up the yeah, suspension yeah. and the RV. Um, so, but we we really like the lifestyle, and um, we're still also getting accustomed to what pace is right for yeah, us yeah, in terms of so. how to mix uh -huh. the sightseeing days, the travel uh -huh. days, uh -huh. the do and how nothing much you can do days, in a day, right? and yeah. how much to do in a day, yeah. um, that that kind of thing, and and we've enjoyed the pace we've already have, but we're. I think we're still trying to feel out what's really natural uh -huh, uh -huh. for well, us. Well, you really haven't been full-timing very long. I mean, because you spent most of your time messing around with your house and things. Right. Because it's only right. been four and a half months. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's so only four and a half months, and part of that time we had family obligations yeah, yeah, for yeah. Um, a couple months. So it's really... Um, right now we're on our very first really big, big trip. Big trip. We left the Northeast, uh -huh. and um, now we're here seeing you in yeah. Illinois. We stopped at a rally on the way here, and we're on our way to California. Uh -huh. Then we're going to, from Northern California, Southern California, and then to the Southwest, Texas, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and then Florida for most of the winter. And then we don't expect to be back to the Northeast uh, where our children are uh -huh. until the... Um, March. What's their What's their reaction? You have two boys. Yeah, we have two grown boys in their late twenties, and they um, seem happy for us. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it, at first they thought. I think they thought we were a little nuts. <laughs> uh, I could see that. They, they They really. I don't know if they really believed we were going to do it uh -huh, until we uh -huh. actually had the uh -huh. rig in the driveway and, uh -huh. and uh, had gotten serious about cleaning out the house. But um, but it's consistent with how you know we took a lot of driving vacations uh -huh, with uh -huh, them, uh -huh. and so it's not totally out of characteristic that we would want to drive and see yeah. the country. So I think from that standpoint, they're but not they did, that there was surprised. no pressure from them to stick. No, around. no pressure. They're very supportive, uh -huh, and that's good. Um, we might be seeing one of them in California because mm -hmm. it turns out that they're a, mm -hmm. a trip there that he and his wife. Are having coincides with us oh, being there, and we're hoping yeah. sometime else in our travels, the other son will meet up with us. So that's uh, would be a good thing. So I guess one of the things that uh, many of our listeners would be interested in knowing is how are the finances going? Well, 
Well, I mean, are they what you expected? You know, I'm not asking for the specific oh, details, yeah. but, but well, you know, are I they mean, what you expected? General, is it more? Is it more expensive than living at home? Less expensive than living at home? Well, it's less expensive than living at home. Uh-huh. Um, that's true. But you know, we did pick financially the wrong year to do this because uh-huh. the household for less than yeah, we had anticipated. Our IRAs are less than they right, had yeah, been. Of course. So we had hoped when we sold the house, we'd be able to pay off the loan uh-huh. on the RV, and we weren't able to. So that's a little bit extra uh-huh. um, monthly expense uh-huh. to pay the RV loan. Um, and there's also been, um, we're, because things like the shocks and mm-hmm. some yeah, of yeah. The, the getting prepared for um, various things for the RV, a little bit more money than we thought. It's a little bit more than we thought it would be. But one thing that's nice is a lot of the budget is manageable by what you choose to do. So, you know, if you're sure. spending too much on eating out, then yep. you can eat out less. Right. And too much on RV. Uh, yes, stop. you can stop driving. Right. You can yeah, not I mean, really, drive that's as far. True. And if you're spending too much on RV sites, you can stay less expensive yeah. places or state parks. Have and you, have you so. figured out a kind of a per day cost? Well, we do. I do know that the overall average of uh-huh. our nightly stays is $30. Uh-huh. So... Uh, and you stayed in state parks we and stay, in private campgrounds we stay and in at Walmarts. We st- we don't we haven't ever stayed in Walmarts. Uh-huh. So we, you haven't done any free stuff. Only in uh, my you know a couple of friends' yards or mm-hmm. front or their driveways, but um, we haven't done any free on the road mm-hmm. driving. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I think so far our thinking's been we prefer to pay the yeah the and usually when we're driving through like that we stay in a lower cost place. Sure, sure. We. Um, prefer to spend the twenty twenty five dollars to be someplace quieter. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So uh, so far, that's what we've done. We uh-huh. we don't know when we're out in west in the west and things are different. Um, we're flexible, but we definitely know that we like mixing up kind of yeah. campgrounds we stay at. Right. We found that the the full hookups aren't necessary. No, right. uh, it's nice to have water and electric, but if we have to subsist for a day on our uh-huh. Tanks, uh-huh. Um, that's not a big deal. No. And state park, each type of campground has its own benefits. So sometimes it's location, 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 yeah, yeah. and sometimes it's the amenities at the park. And you know, it depends on what you're doing in a certain area. We have a, we keep a record of all the sites we've been at. But, but uh, I know. On paper, on paper. Right <laughs> yeah, we don't have a, a computer database. Ken uh, is suggested. Trying to, suggested that teasing us, but um, we have our own rating system Ooh. for the the campgrounds that's you know must go back to get mm-hmm. again. Would, and where is know, that? Jekyll Island. We uh-huh. we definitely want to go back to because it was bad weather when we were there, uh-huh. and it's a really nice campground there and. And I think, yeah, a couple in the Florida. And, and this one we went to in Cape Cod was uh-huh. really nice. And um, that was a small campground that we wouldn't have been able to get that site uh-huh. if we had a bigger uh-huh. rig. So very uh, small site. Mm-hmm. and uh, But it was right across from the beach, so it was yeah. really nice. And um, so those must return. Then there's the kind of like to return. Then there's the they were okay. You know, then they okay. were okay. Oh, for an overnight. And then there's the met our needs. Yeah, yeah. So where it's not that great of a campground, but, but it was in the right place. Right, right. To, for what we needed at the time. And we haven't had any we've pulled out of or regretted being there. Mm-hmm. Even the one we got stuck in the mud. <laughs> you didn't regret it? <laughs> yeah, we didn't regret it because it was a nice 
it no, was, we didn't have to pay to get out of the mud, so yeah, that was a that was a plus. Yeah, that's a good one. Right. So you just came from the uh, the, the Newmar rally, which I expect is a lot like the manufacturers' rallies, and uh, I, I know that we fo- talked to some folks who were going to the Winnebago rally just after they saw us at HWH <laughs> in our infamous stop there. I think almost all the manufacturers have them, so your comments are probably fairly typical about uh, manufacturers' rallies, but uh, is it worth going to? Oh, yeah, we thought it was This really one was in, tell us. Well, this one was... Cost and... It was in in Goshen at the Elkhart County Fairgrounds, which are, if anyone ever has the opportunity to attend mm-hmm. a rally at that mm-hmm. campground, it's really nice facility for the meetings and everything. Uh, the one precaution is that at one side of the fairgrounds, <laughs> you're right next to the very active train track. Yeah. Luckily, we weren't at that side, but the facility was really nice. Um, and uh, it was really good to be with like-minded people uh-huh. in terms of they like RVing and um, that they like the And that's typical of a rally, I think. Right. Yeah. And that yeah. um, then there's specific sessions uh, about the hardware, the you know, the equipment uh-huh. that are specific. That were very specific to, to Numar? Right. Yeah, yeah, very, uh-huh. very much so. In fact, uh, uh, the, uh, the one I went to on suspension mm-hmm. was the one that sold me on getting the sway bars and uh-huh. the shocks and the guys talked specifically about the different uh-huh. chassis uh-huh. Um, and what their limitations were and what uh, what equipment they he already he knew a lot about what was under it mm-hmm. would have been made a, it made a big difference over somebody who just um, you know in generically mm-hmm. yeah right generically knows about that stuff but we got to take a tour of the plant oh, too neat, and yeah. uh, then it was very how interesting. was it going uh, they're they're making about three a day now, uh-huh. um, so they're, and but they're uh, and they're pushing them through. Uh, they're they're the 2010 models are are the ones they're building now. But they told us that uh, based on feedback from their dealers, they're uh, uh, staying with essentially the same models <laughs> that they had on two th- the 2009 models, mm-hmm. and not really making any big changes yeah. to them. Any changes they had planned, they're pushing out to. 2011. Yeah, I can now. see that happening with a lot of manufacturers. One thing was nice to know is, uh, you know, the RV industry has been hurt so hard economically, yes, yes. and Elkhart County in particular, because there's such. As a matter of fact, we saw industry. President Obama down there at the Monaco factory while, you while were we there. were there, yeah. right? And um, giving a pep talk. Exactly. We and were hoping he'd swing around the rally, yeah. but yeah. he didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make it. But MSNBC actually is yes, doing right. a whole on project uh-huh. on Elkhart, and because it's one of the hardest hit, they had. 15% unemployment right, or something, something outrageously like high. And um, it, it's a beautiful place to visit. So mm-hmm. actually, even if people don't have a rally, it's a really beautiful place. Yeah, there's and actually tourism things to do there. Oh, yes. Not really just nice. RV stuff. Right. right. The people are really nice, and there's nice food and, and sights to see. One thing that we really liked there was they have a, a quilt garden tour, and in about 20 different um, sites around the county, and actually over a little bit into the next county, there's about like a 12 by 12 foot or even bigger mm-hmm. filled in flower pattern of a quilt square uh-huh. that these different locations have. And they're really beautiful. And they have like 7,000 flowers in each of them. And um, 
and then they have signs and you can call up on your cell phone to find something out about that quilt pattern and in some places they have quilt murals mm -hmm. and so that's really a beautiful thing and it really gets you all around and we also visited a working flour mill mm. with the, that's run by water and that was really interesting there's lots of really mm -hmm. interesting things in shops and those are organized to tours by the well, we, rally? no the, the tour of the quilt the quilt squares is actually by the um, Elkhart County mm -hmm. Visitors mm -hmm. Bureau. And it's free, and you, you follow a map they have. Plus, there's also a uh, podcast that you can download ah. uh, from online that Ellen pulled down and put on her MP3 player, mm -hmm. and we would play that as we were going from place oh, to perfect. place. And it gives you gives you a concise driving yeah. direction. Um, so what was organized by the rally? So we did go on one tour that was organized. There were several there were several um, tours organized by the rally. We went on one that went to different shops, a noodle mm -hmm. shop, a cheese oh, shop, so. uh, Popcorn. A popcorn shop. Foods of Elkhart Food, County. Yeah. Right, mm -hmm. the Foods of Elkhart County, which was great. And they, get, and they gave us a brown uh, grocery mm -hmm. bag, and at each stop you got a sample. You Ooh. could buy stuff, and then you oh, could nice. also got a free sample. Uh, we got a little, uh, what kind of, some banana nut bread that was really good, noodles. But one thing is that uh, the rally had been scheduled to be elsewhere in the oh. country, and Newmar moved it back to uh -huh. Elkhart, um, you know, six or eight months ago. Um, to give financial support to the county, uh -huh. and and, oh, that's a good um, idea. and it was a really good idea. And actually, uh, we would encourage other RVers mm -hmm. that are you know nearby, um, passing through this part of the, that part of the country, to also do the same because mm -hmm. all of us, mo most RVs, I think like eighty percent yeah. are built in that county. They were, <laughs> yeah, they were. And so, um, for people to give yeah, support yeah. to the county by visiting that area, I think would be really so good. So, how long was the rally? It was five days. We camped two days. We went to the area two days early mm -hmm. and stayed in an, another campground, mm -hmm. and then we went two days early into the fairgrounds. Wow, so and there then it was five yeah. five days, and um, there was plenty to do for those. There five was days? plenty to do for, for both those of you, days. and you did different things or the same things. Um, we did the same things touring around. Yeah, but and oh, it's another thing. There's nice bike trails there too uh -huh, yeah. in Goshen. There's really nice bike trails. Mm -hmm. We went to def different seminars, uh -huh. but, but there were uh, technical ones for you and crafts. crafty, crafty <laughs> ones for you. Also, well, I went to the vendor booths, which or the vendor selling areas, which mm -hmm. were really good too. And we also another thing that's good about going to the manufacturer rallies is that they'll do they uh, do work work yeah. on your yeah. RV, and we and you had the the shocks installed there, right? Right, just um, right, and yeah. the sway bars. Yeah, and all that we didn't stuff. have to move and the coach your... at all. He came to us yeah. and, and did that, and um, we also had a problem with our with the uh, the water valve in our toilet, mm -hmm. um, and we had gotten a replacement for it under warranty from the manufacturer, uh -huh. but they weren't they didn't have anybody there to do the work. Uh -huh. But Newmar came and installed it for us yeah so, so that that's really a right convenience. that's really a nice yeah. thing because one stop shopping for and especially your... if you're at the manufacturer's rally the the techs that mm -hmm. are there doing the work are they, really familiar yeah, with, with the your... rv yeah. yeah i had i had some, i had a question about a wiring uh, situation mm -hmm. and uh, one of the techs was able to pull out the wiring diagrams and show me exactly oh, that's what really i good. needed yeah. to know yeah right so we also in the in february went to a rally uh, fmca rally oh yeah that was a regional rally in uh near tampa and, and how many rigs were at numar what Newmar was about 400. Uh-huh. And so, okay, so. And 450, which is pretty good yeah, size. Yeah. And um, the one at the regional rally yeah. in Florida in, in early February, the, 
I heard a thousand, but Jeff remembers fifteen hundred. So somewhere it's a lot. Between 1, yeah. 1500, twice yeah. as many, yeah. right? Twice yeah. as many. And one thing we recommend for people is that um, is to join a chapter within these larger uh -huh. groups. Uh -huh. So Newmar has the Newmar Country Club, which was uh -huh. the users. Um, group and um, we joined a full timers chapter uh -huh. within it, and we also yeah. have contact with the Connecticut um, sure. chapter for the FMCA. We also joined a chapter there, and you, when you go to the rally, you park with, mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. chapter with the chapter people, mm -hmm. and you get to know um, you get to. It's a smaller yeah. group, and it's and usually the ones for FMCA um, can be either your geographical area, who your maker is, you know, mm -hmm. even religious affiliations, sure. hobbies. Yeah. There's all like quilters ones and right. all kinds of things. So um, that makes it even more fun. Yeah, right. I think one thing about the rallies is you are so schmoozing so much with people it's a little <laughs> bit people exhausting yeah so i wouldn't we're not going to do them you know every month but no. a few times a year it's nice to yeah. to check yeah. in yeah well, and especially where you don't you don't have friends that you can visit anymore and you know because right. you're not living anyplace so that's right you have to travel right and what we're really looking forward to what people tell us hap happens after you've been to several rallies is you'll start bumping into people same. at campgrounds mm -hmm. or yeah, and yeah. the same people at subsequent yeah, rallies. Yeah, or you make plans even to meet them someplace. Right. You know, we have people we've met in Florida or Texas. Right. Well, well actually, we already did that. The people yeah. we met in Florida, we went to see in Block Island and Rhode Island. Yeah, so yeah. It was, uh, Sounds good. So it was great. So all these things are making... Okay, so you have a lot great. of adventures planned, and uh, we'll have to check in with you a little later. Yes. <laughs> sure. When we, we'll be when back we get around together. this way again. I'm, I'm sure you sure year by year well thanks jeff and ellen very nice to hear from you and your story is exciting and taking your first big adventure out west ought to be very uh, worthwhile although you have picked a very strenuous uh, itinerary well i would say that's pretty common when you're new at this game uh -huh. and certainly when we were newly retired we raced around a lot more than we are now five years later because you come to see that you waste a lot of gas racing around and many places deserve a, a closer look and it takes you a few days being in a place to really yeah, find absolutely. out what's worth while to see and do but when you're new at it and you're excited you rip around the country and then you have a wonderful time and i'm sure we will see jeff and ellen again and we will join them on another rv navigator podcast for an update as to their status it's always fun and interesting for us to do but for now we're going to sign off and turn the rv navigator podcast over to next month in october when we will have traveled well, just a very few miles because we're just going to Wisconsin. We're going to stay in the Midwest. So this is Ken, your RV navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're wishing you happy travels, and we hope to see you in a campground near us. And it's very possible you could do that. So let us know where you are. Music.